Welcome to the He Shoots, He Draws podcast, the show about photography and design, with your hosts, Glyn Dewis and Dave Clayton. Hello and welcome back to another episode of He Shoots, He Draws. Now, it's me, Dave. I've got no Glyn this week. He's uh, he's away working, so uh, it's just me, I'm afraid. He can have to get used to that for a couple of weeks. So uh, this week's episode is a really good interview with a couple of friends of mine. Uh, but I'm actually interviewing Caleb because Ryan was out working. Because as usual, you know, we're trying to get people's time to do these podcasts. And we do appreciate the time they give us. So I just had a chat with Caleb from Always Abounding. You'll hear from the story from the interview how we met, so I won't go too much into that. Before we get into the episode, just a couple of little bits uh, I want to get out of the way. Firstly, I want to say thank you to Andrew at The Logo Creative. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, he very kindly interviewed me for his uh, website, which is really, really cool. So go and Google, look up The Logo Creative, and there's some really cool interviews on there. Uh, I also want to thank InDesign Secrets because uh, they recently had an interview with me on their podcast about the book, which is due out anytime now. I know I've been going on about it, but I'm expecting my first printed preview copy as I record this as this episode goes out on Monday the 25th of November I can't remember the date now I'm completely lost it's nearly Christmas but yeah the 25th of November um my printed copy is due. I've got UPS notification so it's going to be delivered. Unfortunately, I'm going to be at work when it comes. So uh, I can't wait to get home and get my hands on that. And I'll be posting a few pictures on social media. So thanks to David and Amory in Design Secrets because they interviewed me about the book, which is really cool. Uh, I'm also on another podcast called The Quickie Podcast uh, with Dave Hopkins. Uh, that's a daily design podcast and I think I'm going to be on it this week as you hear this episode. So have a look out for that. Dave does some really cool interviews, usually about 30 minutes long. Um, so they're quite quick and easy to digest. Really good questions from Dave. So have a listen out for that because I'll be talking about my work and Adobe Max and just different bits and pieces and the book. Um, I'm also going to be on Scott Kelby's blog in a week or so when the book comes out because now the now the book's here it's full-on promotion so I do apologize for uh, my social media because you know I've got to put shoes on the kids feet I've got to sell some copies so uh, there'll be a write-up about the process of writing that book on Scott's blog that's scottkelby.com I think that article's due around the week commencing the 6th or something like that um, but as I said, the previews copy, preview copy is coming tomorrow. I cannot wait to see that. It's uh, It still feels a bit weird that I've done this. And I think until I see it, I won't. still don't really believe that I've done it. But um, I'm very proud of it. And I hope you, you know, I hope you get a chance to have a look at it, read it or buy it. Um, I would appreciate that. And obviously, as usual, with the podcast, any reviews or feedback you can give us is if, any, if there's anything you want us to do, ask or interview, uh, just let us know. We are planning out content for the rest of the year now with uh, episode 100 being just before Christmas, before we take a little break and come back in the new year. So uh, I think that's the admin done. I think I don't think there's anything else to tell you. So uh, we'll jump into the episode. I hope you enjoy it. Caleb's a really lovely guy and you are you are going to love what he's got to say. He's talking about video in your business and how important it is and how much fun you can have with it. So um 
please give this one a listen and please also on social media if you could share the episode as well as like it that really helps us get it out there because there are so many podcasts appearing week after week it's hard to kind of rise above everything else that's out there it's like every celebrity is doing a podcast at the moment so us little ones we're all kind of fighting for space at the minute so we're all trying to help each other so if you could share it on social media that would be amazing so thank you very much for that um but no, let's crack on with the episode. So uh, I'll ask, Caleb, who are you? Who am I? I am some dumb redneck hillbilly from the hills of East Tennessee. No, uh, I am uh, the co-founder and co-owner of Always Abounding Multimedia. So I know it's not just you because just to let everybody know where we know each other from, we were just, there was one Australian and two Canadians hanging out at Creative South around, around the food area. Yeah. And I, I, you guys just spoke to me. Yeah. I think you just started talking to me. You heard my accent and said, uh, was I from Australia? Yeah, and then I gave my standard response, you Canadians always get that wrong. <laughs> and, 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 and we've kind of rode that train ever since, really. I think, yeah. and it makes me laugh yeah. every single time. Yeah. I, I can't have a corn. I can't. I can't eat a corn dog without thinking about you because that's when we met. We were eating <laughs> corn dogs at Creative South. That's true. That's true. <laughs> so, uh, in fact, let's start with Creative South because that was my first one that I went to when I met you. Was what's your history with Creative South? The exact same. That was that was our first one too. Uh, we didn't really know anybody, and so I guess it was uh, uh, you know. We, we probably, our souls probably picked up on that between us and you. And we were like, hey, he doesn't know anybody. We don't know anybody. Let's go talk to him. Uh, even if he does sound a little funny, we'll still talk to him. <laughs> and, and, and so, so from, we, we didn't know anybody when we were there, Dave. Um, but it was funny, just one year later, we come back and we're, we're a sponsor. We're working. We know everybody. It's just crazy how um, one visit can, can, can truly change your life you know wow yeah. i i didn't realize that i automatically assumed you guys were kind of already part of that ecosystem and and it was just like dipping your toes into it with an event i hadn't realized you were like clean we were yeah we like, were fresh. we were straight up creative south virgins my man yeah that was <laughs> that was our very very first time so we got to experience that together Oh, that's cool. So what I love about it, because I've obviously had some things that have come from Creative South and obviously going back and I saw you guys this year. I keep saying last year, it's still this year. Mm -hmm. um, and you were doing all the interviews and all the video footage. Now, I know there's four of you in the company and I know one of them is somebody else who kind of came through the Creative South community, which is Katie. Yep. So just tell us a little bit who Katie is and, and how that came about. Yeah, it's it's crazy how it worked. This past year, we met Katie for the first time. Um, and uh, she's been in that Creative South community for a while. And we just, we connected with her, similar to how we connected with you. And um, and we needed we needed help with photography. And she, uh, she had the same core beliefs and, and passions for creative content as we did. So um, we kind of had to work together. We were forced to work together at Creative South. She was doing all the photography. We were doing all the videography, Ryan and I were. And um, since then, which was in April of this year of 2019, and it's, 
right now it's we're recording this in November of 2019. She is now a full-time employee of ours. Um, she's a partner of ours. She's um, uh, she is our go-to photographer for all of our clients. Um, and the crazy thing is, is even though we were, I don't know, 200 something miles away from Knoxville where we're at uh, now, um, when we were in Columbus, Georgia, we were 200 something miles away. She lives less than an hour and a half away from us. So even though we, it, 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 it's just funny how we had to go so far away to meet somebody who's perfect for our company, who is also so close to where we're at. Yeah, and that's one of the things I love about events like Creative South, where it is such a family that one of my favorite words is serendipity. Mm -hmm. And I love that those kind of happy accidents where you bump into someone, you start a conversation, and and it can just be eating corn dogs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And something comes of it. So, so let's wind back for everyone who doesn't know who you are, yeah. because I obviously do. So always found in are actually quite a relatively new company and you predominantly specialize in video. So do you, do you want to give a little background why you and Ryan kind of got into this? Yeah, sure. So Ryan and I, we, we became friends. Um, we both, I was a trainer at a gym and he was coming to the gym and it wasn't up until not that long ago, he was still on my phone as the computer guy because I needed help. <laughs> I needed to work on my computer. Um, and that's kind of how we got to know each other. But we started, we just, we had two souls that 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 had a lot of the same interests. Um, we actually started like a, a, like a little devotional group on Saturday mornings. Um, just him and I at a coffee shop, but we, I say this all the time, but we started to find out that we had a lot more in common than just like our faith. We, we loved Red Hot Chili Peppers. We, we had the same um, similar type of upbringing. We had the same passions. We were very career driven. We were both creatives. We both had background in video and we really wanted to pursue that more on a professional level. He was, he had another full-time job. I, I was full-time doing something else and, um, I was actually doing a lot of graphic design, honestly, Dave. We were, um, he had asked me to create some branding for his videography business that he was wanting to start. And I ended up coming back to him one Saturday morning at our, our, our devotional group. And I said, man, I'm not gonna create a logo for you. I'm gonna create a logo for us. Um, and, and from that point on, that was, shoot, that was early, uh, or, or late 2014, early 2015. Um, and so you said that our, our, our company Always Abounding is young. It's, it's really young. We're not, uh, we're about to celebrate three I call it legal years, well, um, but 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 you know we're going on our um, this um, 2020 will be our three year birthday for being a legal company and a, a true LLC. You know we 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 weren't just freelancing together, but that's when we, so 20, 2017 is when we really started that hardcore. So um, and it's just taken off ever since. But but yes, uh, we mainly specialize in video marketing. That can that looks like anything from large commercials. We've shot national commercials. We've um, we can do um, explainer videos. We can do brand videos. Um, uh, any type of any type of content that requires video to communicate a message. Um, that's what that's what our our business is all about. So, do you think your graphic design background has helped you be creative in that role? Because video, I mean, we'll get onto it in yeah. a minute. But vi video is so like on point at the moment it's such a yeah. critical thing it's it's what everything's about 
do you find that being a graphic designer helps you understand more about the content you're creating, even though it isn't um, like a printed format? Sure. I think so a little bit. My So my personal background, I got a degree in marketing. I didn't go to school for a traditional design. Uh, I didn't get a design education, you know, through the through a university or, or something like that. Um, it was, I was all self-taught in that part, but I do think what I learned from design for video is how important branding is. And, and I think that's one reason that we've been as successful as we have is because we've been able to brand ourselves really well and not just have a fun little logo, but, 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 but also making sure that the design elements, when you go to our website, um, it's really crystal clear what our message is trying to, what, what we're trying to communicate. That's so important. And I think graphic design has a lot to do with it. I think the words you use have a lot to do with it. The visual imagery that you use has a lot to do with it. And, and when you combine all of that together, you can, that's kind of where video comes into play. And that's the only thing that's going to take you up to the next level. So I think for, um, for even, even though we're a video production company, I think that having that graphic design background has been really imperative um, because that never really goes away. That's, you know, we use it for whether it's animation, whether it's for um, graphics that we're trying to communicate information for specific businesses. We're using graphic design every single day, even though we're not a graphic design company. It's just, yeah, yeah. I see what you mean. And, there, and although you've got those services, the thing I always see, or uh, like the danger I always see, is it's like a car mechanic who drives a crappy car or a decorator's yeah. house is awful. If your house isn't in order, if you're not marketing yourself correctly using your own tools, you're never going to sell. And I know when I met you two guys and I didn't know what you did, I'd have hired you. Before, I'd hired you. For, I would hire for you for anything before I knew yeah. what you did. Then you could have just said you're road sweepers. Yeah. But your personality, both your personality, just came through like you guys had known each other for twenty years. Yeah, yeah I mean, it, it really is. Our our relationship is really special, mine and Ron's, because um, sometimes we see each other more than we see our wives, you know. And so we have to. Um, our our personal relationship together is extremely important for this partnership to be successful. Um, and, and as far as when it comes to marketing ourselves, we had to make sure if we're going to talk the talk, we also need to walk the walk. Um, we, we've, we've got to be using video marketing well, and we've got, our branding has to look like um, it's professionally done uh, because, and, and Ryan gives me a hard time, but when I go to specific meetings, I'm usually not wearing a branded t-shirt and a branded ball cap like I am right now. Um, usually I, I, I wear something really nice. And, and the thing is, is people aren't gonna give you money if you don't look like you know what you're gonna do with it. You, yeah, you gotta look like you know what you're true. gonna do with it. And, and, um, and, and so the, the type of marketing content that we put out for ourselves has to also communicate that. It's gotta look like we know what we're gonna be able to do with the money you give us and the opportunity you give us to create content for you. Yeah, which is your brand. Yep. That's the impression you give off, and that's why people will hire you. Yep. And if you're, you know, if I'm looking at you now, or I go on your website, and you were to turn up in a very sharp suit and a top hat and a monocle, you know, it's <laughs> it's not it's not the person of hide. And you, funny you should say that about looking the part. Is I know something photography has suffered with lately is uh, 
the equipment because the equipment has advanced so much so you guys started digital you've never had to walk around with a big vhs truck on your shoulder not since i was a kid i I did do that when i was a kid but but yeah yeah it's it's all been digital so photographers you know if you hire a photographer and you're paying the kind of money a photographer kind of commands you expect that guy to turn up with two pool bags you know a massive camera massive lens three other lenses now they can turn up with these little mirrorless cameras Mm -hmm. they can probably take better photographs with it but they don't look they now don't look like the traditional photographer so have you found that you can even use your phone you know i know and the new the obviously the the iphone 11 pro i mean the video and that's really cool and samsung's and other phones are available but do you find now when you go into clients or clients are hiring you that you, you like the equipment looks fit for purpose you be, because you can record digital and much smaller units you know if you just rocked up with your iphone and a gimbal they'd be like who's this clown right you, yeah. so you've got to have some yeah yeah Do you see, oh, see what i'm saying there yes yeah. no 100 percent. and and you know we finally we finally made the jump and and we went away from dslr we've we've still got like four five i don't know how many dslrs we have now some really really high-end DSLRs but we got us a red camera and the and the reason why we bought a red camera is partly because it's better footage and it's you know it's it's gonna have some great shelf life if, if we if Glenn was here I know that he could get really nerdy with me too with the technical aspects of it 10 bit and all this stuff but but I do think that there's something that happens Dave when you roll on set with a piece of cinema grade quality uh, equipment and people just they treat you differently it's the weirdest thing and so so I unfortunately you know that hasn't that that paradigm shift hasn't happened yet where people are okay with you showing up with um, uh, a mirrorless camera or something small and more compact that still gets beautiful footage they they expect if they're gonna pay thousands of dollars for video content they expect for it to look like you're using You've thousands. Got thousands of dollars yeah, of equipment. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I know a photographer that actually said, "I, st- I think it's Joe McNally says I still turn up for jobs with more equipment than I'll ever need mm. because that's what they want to see come through the door." Mm. Right? Yeah, this guy means business. He's got his equipment. I know. And then, obviously, like you said about the the camera gear, is I noticed when I was at Adobe Max, I was getting some video footage of people talking about our company, and you know, I get my phone out oh, hey, could you just say a few things to the camera? And it it was weird because doing that, although people were happy to talk to the camera, I still felt like everyone knew they were talking to a phone. Mm. When I was watching people walking around with, you know, proper high-grade cameras, video cameras, it was really interesting how the people they were talking to acted more professional. Yeah, and we're a little bit more, you know, up standing oh, up yeah. straight, a little bit with purpose kind of thing. Yeah. So, and obviously working with companies, I, I I used to joke and say, you can be good at something and you can do it. You can be good at something, do it, and write about it. And you can be good about something, do it, write about it, and teach it. But when you go do it, write it, teach it, and then stand in front of a camera. Not everybody can stand in front of a right. camera. So you can have like any client come along to you. And, and this is like I say to wedding photographers, when you've got, um, I don't want to say, I don't want to say what I want to say. 
let's just say you're in a situation where you have to polish a turd. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You've been hired. You turn up, and then you realise what you're dealing with. How do you deal with those situations? Like you look at Ryan and go, "God, <laughs> we got our work cut out here." Yeah. We, what, we've, what sort we, of things do you find? We've been there before, and we have we have polished shellac and 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 refinished so many turds in the past that I, I think that's kind of part of the job um you know well it, it's a balancing act really because we've got high grade cinema quality equipment but we still also have those dslrs and these incredibly you know advanced creations called smartphones that we can take video with so part of it comes down to it, like I said, it's a balancing act. Part of it comes down to gauging the gauging the person we're filming, and what I mean by that is, um, we're not necessarily trying to get. We, we don't go in to try to get footage that can look intimidating um, from somebody watching us. The, our our biggest point is, or our, our biggest. Um, I'm losing my train of or my the 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 word I'm trying to say the the biggest. Uh, the busy, biggest thing that we try to focus on is we want to make the client feel comfortable. So some people, yeah. they get, like you said, they straighten up. They kind of talk professionally when you when you bring out that nice equipment. But some people get shy, especially if we've got lights on them. It can get hot and makes them nervous. So sometimes a DSLR or even your phone makes more sense because it's less invasive. And one thing that Ryan and I have always been extremely passionate about when we roll up into a business or an organization the last thing we want to do is disrupt their day-to-day -day process by filming. So sometimes it requires us to not bring the nicest stuff, uh, but it, it, it requires us to bring the, most, the, the least invasive stuff. Um, and that means more to them than having a $30,000 camera on site. Um, so it, it comes down to learning. We got to learn what the client values first before we can kind of make that decision. Um, and, and usually that helps with the turd polishing, you know, making them feel <laughs> making them feel comfortable. That usually takes the edge off. Yeah. And if you can't polish your turd, just roll it in glitter. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Which, <laughs> oh, yeah. But the, so with so with that, I guess the stealth I know, and I know, again, it's so parallel with photography is um is that stealth mode it's not being invasive not rocking up and demanding being the prima donna and i need this and i need that get these people out and talking to people like their their bits and pieces of equipment laying around yeah. if you're looking just for anyone listening that owns a company that hasn't quite dipped their toes in the video world yet because the cost can be quite scary or like you say the day-to-day -day, uh, implications of it affecting the business what sort of kind of three tips could you offer somebody to say how to prepare to look for somebody like yourself yeah. um, before they because I think people I think companies should budget for it I think yeah. that's one of the big frustrations I as a designer is when companies start up and they're oh I'm going to start a, a company making cupcakes or you know um, okay, I need a logo, but I don't want to pay for it. And I need this, I don't want to pay for it. And it's like, why would you go into business with absolutely zero budget for your own promotional purposes? Right. But you'll instantly expect somebody to pay $5 for a cupcake straight off. So 
how would you how would you get somebody to prepare to include video as part of their marketing budget when they're when they have a business or starting a business up? I, I would first take an inventory of where where your marketing budget is being spent. I think the very first step is if you're spending a lot, if the majority of your marketing budget is being spent on print, then that's a great opportunity to pull away um, from from that that um, um, specific approach to marketing and, and maybe start budgeting for for video. Um, another another thing that they could do is they could start looking into social um, uh, social media uh, type of content. Obviously, a commercial is going to be a lot more to produce than a 15-second, what we call, drip videos. Um, and those drip videos, oftentimes, you can, you can film them on your iPhone. We don't, but, but, but I mean, just to get that started. Um, so start looking into trying to create some original in-house video content on an iPhone. Um, just something to add movement to both your Facebook and your Instagram and whatever other social platforms you have. Um, I think a, a great tip for people though is to look at where their leads are coming from so if if you're if you have access to to look at your website and see that you're getting a lot of traffic but it's not converting a lot of leads that's a great opportunity to bring in some video uh, a professional video team like ourselves because I don't I don't try to market our business as a way to get more leads um, I think that SEO search engine optimization um, pay-per-clicks I think they do that really well um, I think the place for true video marketing is converting leads. And so if you've got a lot of traffic coming to your website, then, then hey, why don't we, this is an East Tennessee Southern reference, but hey, why don't you fish where the fish are, Dave? You know? <laughs> so, so instead of trying to put, put video content out on, on social and you're paying for it to be, to, to be promoted, why not try to first start on your website where you've already got this, uh, these fish this traffic coming yep. in and, and, and use video content to convert those leads, those, those, those visitors to your website. I think that's, you're going to see a, a faster return on your investment that way. Um, long term, you, it, it, you need to be pushing out video promotion, whether it's um, um, YouTube ads, Facebook ads. You know, I think Netflix and Hulu, they're starting to work, work some video advertisements into their platforms as well. But um, that's more of a long-term strategy. I think a short-term strategy is, hey, let's take a look at our, our website's traffic. If we're getting a lot of hits, um, let's see if we can turn the 20% of conversions that we're getting from our website into 40 or 50. Um, that you're gonna, see, you're gonna be able to pay off, so to speak, pay off that video, <laughs> video marketing investment much faster that way. It was funny you mentioned social media because that was one of the things I'd written down is because you know, back in the day, uh, probably before, well, I know you, I know you used VHS, but you'd be making video content to go on a VHS tape that somebody would have to physically put in a hole. So all you kids listening out there, we used to have to get big plastic boxes and put them in holes, and we had to physically rewind them to go back to the beginning. But back then... And was, if you didn't was... rewind it, you'd get fined for not, yeah, fine, for but... not rewinding yeah. it before you returned it to, to your VHS rental store. <laughs> I remember that. But day. when you look when you look at that point from the production value through I mean the editing must have been a nightmare back then but if someone physically had to take like motion and action to watch it now we've got social media and I see it all, I mean I I noticed the other day I was watching 
more video content on sites like Instagram than I was reading the posts. I was going straight up to live. Now, I don't like doing any live stuff, but I find the live stuff more interesting. And I know it's on their phone, but I can always tell when somebody has done a proper job when a little ad comes on or it's a promotional and just the quality is so much different and i would probably be more inclined to action that and being a marketing person myself i do click on stuff because i know someone at the other end is looking at those stats Mm -hmm. and i want them to be happy (laughs) that at least someone clicked through then i can see the like the crappy content where it is um kind of but then i think companies probably could do with making some crappy content because when they come to show you you've already see you can already see their body of work and you can go yeah. okay i see what you're trying to do there if you if you up the quality and maybe do like this you've already got a framework to work from but do, have you seen a rise in more people needing video for social more than their website or are you seeing you know that increase i, I think it's i think I, I from what we've seen people need more video period and so, um, w- whatever their budget allows for an entry point to that, I'm going to encourage, um, not because it helps my business, but because I know it's going to help theirs. Um, I know that social video can generate like 12 more times, uh, 12 times more shares than a text or image. Um, so, so if you've got, you know, if you're wanting your, let's say you're running a promotion on a product or a service that you offer or an organization offers, you know, it's, it's the algorithms that Facebook and Instagram have created, they, they tend to value video over photos and text. And, and so it would be silly to, to kind of discredit the value for video and social when, when all of the algorithms kind of point to, you know, valuing that so highly. Something that I, that, that I actually just uh, found out about a couple of weeks ago, I've always been a fan of short, easy, digestible, quick video content. Um, uh, stats have shown that the first five seconds of, of, of your video will dictate if that viewer is going to stay on for, for the next 30. So the first five are extremely important. However, in, in short videos, uh, uh, viewers tend to watch more of um, 30, a minute to 30 seconds or less um, is really favored by viewers. However, Facebook, and this is something that I just found out a, a couple of weeks ago, Facebook values videos around the three-minute mark. And, okay. And, it, and not Facebook users, but the Facebook platform and the algorithm itself. And the reason why is because if you can create a good three-minute video that keeps people engaged, it's going to keep people using their platform longer. And understanding that social platforms, all their main goal is for people to use their platform more when you understand that, you'll it it's like turning a light bulb on that's in the middle of this super dark warehouse. It just totally illuminates, you know, this brand new world of 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 understanding how to take advantage of these platforms. Um, so when you understand that these platforms really value video, you'll already you'll you'll see some pretty immediate results uh, from from using consistent video, not just a video once every quarter. But you definitely need to be pushing it out on a on a weekly basis. Uh, but you'll see you'll see a lot of you'll you'll see a lot of traction from that. Something that came up at work today because we um, we're getting ready to launch a product over Black Friday, and we tend to do 
uh, like a little overview video and then we push out a kind of and here's what the thing does it like does this this and this and we just put out two preview videos and both of them we had comments come back with people saying i think the audio i think there's an audio problem on your website mm. and it's because we didn't put any audio to the videos and they would go and they was i to me it's odd to me it's odd but yeah. they would go no 80 85 of users watching video content on mobile devices don't want audio yeah. They just want to see it. They don't want to yeah. hear it. I I find that really weird. I even if it's a little bit of music, I just need something. Yeah. Otherwise, it feels like it's missing. And and I think <laughs> I, I think part of that though, Dave, is that you're you you digest a lot of media. You're in the media business. You know, even though you work for for who you work for, and you're more of a designer and illustrator, and 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 you work in that world. You since you're consuming a lot of media you value audio but the thing is is most people are out in public they're on a subway they're walking down the streets they're in a coffee shop and they're not going to listen to the audio you know and so so um i do think like with with this the work that ron and i do and our team does we always include some type of music bed or something just um if nothing else it's great to edit to it so it provides a little bit more emotion but if but we we still want to make sure that it's it's we're not spending so much time or, or putting so much information in the audio part that that information gets missed that i think that's the biggest biggest thing yeah you i've i've got all these notes and you're just leading <laughs> into the next you're welcome. You're welcome. The, the next the next thing was audio and editing yeah. so like the video side of it's really important mm-hmm. you know hiring someone who's got the right equipment knows what to do now knows how to set it up knows how to capture it You've still that's half the job. Yeah. You've still got to come back and edit and also use audio. So and you know, like I said tonight, I need you to record your track because for the podcast we put the tracks together, it makes it sound more like we're we're in the same yeah. room at least. Um than I hate Skype podcasts yeah. when I hear the buffering and, and all that kind of stuff. So from an editing point of view then, what's uh who who's the editor? Who's the who's got those skills and and obviously, talk a little bit about the quality of the audio yeah. because you're, you know, you're wearing a lapel mic, and I've seen interviews where someone's had like a great camera, but they're ten feet away from it, and the mic is on the camera. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, I have yet to hear the audio uh, on this, so hopefully, it, it worked out well. Uh, I'm apologizing to anybody if the audio sounds bad right now, but but the the audio is 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 huge, um, Dave. It. Um, let, let's talk about editing actually first with with editing so Ryan does most of the editing right now but we're at to the point to where if we ever want to <laughs> uh, Ryan is a Ferrari in neutral right now you know that's you know we, we, we're at the point to where we need to have we, we're hiring we're in the process of hiring an editor to help with that um, but um, editing you're right editing is I would say editing can be um, if it, if footage is shot really bad, edit, editing is ninety five percent of the job. And if footage is shot really good, then it's fifty. Um, it's there's still a huge amount of work that goes into the editing side of things that the client really never sees. They see you on set, but then you leave, and then they're kind of just waiting. Um, and that's where a lot of the work happens, honestly. But um, uh, as for audio goes, we've really this last year we've really tried hard to up our sound design. Um, music that's a great place that we like to start when it comes to if it's a if a if it's a there's a pretty 
heavy narrative involved. Um, we use uh, we use the music to uh, um, kind of add that element of um, emotion to it. The fact of the matter is, we don't have a John Williams on staff who can score like he does for Star Wars. You know, so 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 we ha we have we have stock music that we use, and we kind of edit to the music. Um, so that's that's usually where we start. Um, but Ryan is extremely talented in getting. In, in getting sound design that's not necessarily music, but but just mm. sound effects that creates that specific atmosphere. Um, he's really talented at that, and and you know your listeners can check out our Instagram and, and see some of the work he's done. Make sure you turn the audio on, uh, but <laughs> but you can you'll be able to pick up on some of the, some of the if you you got to listen to it a few times, but you'll start to hear you know oh I hear the birds chirping here or I. I hear a faint laughter of kids playing in the background, and it's it really it's those small touches that people don't really realize, but it helps you kind of jump into the video. It's ambience. It's, it's part yeah. of the experience of, well, of, of the audio. I, I had a guy. I had uh, actually a pastor tell me once that um, he he said that the more you can incorporate the five senses when you're telling a story, the better off the viewer or listener will remember it and connect with it. And so obviously it's hard to, it's hard to incorporate taste and smell. Uh, we don't have smell-o-vision yet. <laughs> uh, I'm sure you remember smell-o-vision back in the day, but, uh, yeah. but, but you, can, you, you can offer obviously sound um, and sight, and, and sometimes you can even, even um, offer touch. You can show texture in the video and make people really feel like they're in that in in that moment. And so, the more senses you can you can um, uh, um, use and in, in, include, in, yeah, include in, in telling that story, telling that narrative throughout that video, the the better off that your audience is going to be able to connect with it. So, um, sound is sound is so big; it's just as important. Even though video, mostly people think about what they see, a lot of it has to do with what you hear. That's a great tip. Yeah. That's a really I'd never thought of it like that is you do have to if you are going to have the audio then make people lose themselves in what they're watching mm. to make them feel like they're there because especially now we've got all this virtual reality footage and you immerse yourself in it so much. Um yeah. from from the editing side so what do you use for editing? Are you in Adobe? Uh, are you in with the Adobe you, system you, or is it Final Cut Pro? Yeah, or? we use the we use the Adobe suite for everything. Um After Effects, um Premiere, um Audition for a lot of the music especially if it's if it requires a lot of intricate stuff, we'll pull it into Audition to work on the sound. Um yep, um and we've been we've been super happy, super happy with Premiere. Um it's it's easy to work in, and um, I, I I feel like it's starting to become the industry standard. I know Final Cut had had a good foothold for a while, but I feel like Adobe's products are really knocking it out of the park. Yeah, it's funny with um with the Adobe products how Final Cut kind of hung in there. I know they did Final Cut X, mm -hmm. and it kind of ripped out all the Pro stuff. So a lot of people still use Final Cut Pro. I was really surprised to see that it's still hanging on in there whereas on the design side like when InDesign came in Quark Express just got kicked into touch and yeah. now people don't even realize there is still Quark Express yeah. it's like version 8 or 9 so the fact that the fact that there is still some stiff competition makes Premiere Pro have to be better as well yeah. and coming back from Adobe Max I mean some of the stuff they're putting in it is 
this Adobe Sensei stuff's incredible for editing yeah. and taking out r- rubbish. Yeah. But um, I, I, I do think that competition makes products better, and um, it's definitely made me and Ryan better. You know, there's um, in Little Knoxville, Tennessee, we are extremely blessed with incredible creative people here. Um, there are some there are some people here, um, video production companies that they are just they produce beautiful, beautiful work, and that gets Ryan and I fired up. We want to see them do well because that's going to mean that we're going to have to do well too. Um, and and so I think competition's always a good thing, um, and I think any opportunity you can be kind to your competition, you know, that's that's one thing that Ryan and I really put a lot of emphasis on too is how can we. You know, if they're in a bind, how can we help them out? You know, how can we offer some gear if they need it or this or that? Because they already got the work. You know, why not? Why not? You know, you know that rising rising tide raises all ships. So I, I love that expression. Yeah, and I heard a podcast today where uh, somebody said they were a designer and they had a very specific kind of design, and they knew they had kind of com. I think competition's the wrong word, but it's it is what it is. Yeah. And so what she did was she just invited them all round for wine and cheese and just to like everyone chat to each other. And she said, we collaborate more and get more work through collaboration than the work we would have got individually all trying to pitch for the same jobs. So by teaming up and pitching, you get like maybe if you, you team up with someone who's got more graphic design, you kind of can push those two together, which is why I say photographers and graphic designers should work together Oh yeah, because... They're, they're both doing a job that ends up in the same, you know, in the same place, but they're not working together, and yeah. they need to be. The other, the, the last thing, because I know you've got a you've got a meeting to shoot for soon, but I, one of the big things for me in graphic design is obviously going in. We've covered speaking to the client, getting the spec, knowing what they want. Um, they've obviously picked you. Presentation mm. is a massive thing. How do you guys go about? You know, you've done the hard work, you've done the shoot, you've done the editing, you've done the audio how do you present to the customer what kind of process do you have with that do you just kind of fire off a, a, a video and let them watch it or do you go around and like build fluff yeah, them up yeah. um, <laughs> it, it, it depends again it 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 solely depends on the type of person they are um we have done that we've went in and we've rolled in and and presented them with stuff and um along with along with the video we present them with a document with uh, 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 still photography that we got of the same day that kind of helps paint that picture as well. Um, and, and we try to, you know, bring out all the silver platters we can to, <laughs> to serve it to them. But then there's, then there's some clients and they just want the video, you know, and they don't have time. They're busy, they're busy business owners and they've, you know, they're not really worried about being fluffed up. They're worried about, yep. you know, they want, they want to see what it looks like and they've got another meeting in 30 minutes, you know? So, uh, yeah, yeah. so it really comes down to understanding what kind of personality they have. Um, I think that the biggest part of when it comes to present presenting, um, however we do it, whether it's through email, through Skype or in person, we really just want to make, make sure they feel like they've been a part of the process um, and we want to just make them feel very excited because it's it, uh, the the sales cycle of video is so long compared to um, some some projects or some industries. I know that for us, uh, we've worked on stuff that's been wrapped up in two weeks, but we've also, Dave, we've also worked on projects that, I mean, they last almost eight or nine months, 
And that that's really hard for a client to wait that long and spend a lot of money to see something, you know? So we, we've, we, the, the more emphasis we try to put on, not necessarily delivering the final product, but making sure they're getting something along the way. That's why we send over still photography earlier than the first draft. Um, we send them what we call weeklies, uh, which is it's just a weekly update on where the pro- project's at. If we've got any still shots, like TIFF files that we can pull from the video, we'll do that um, just to kind of get them excited. Sometimes uh, Katie, uh, we've already talked about Katie, sometimes uh, we'll share some of the behind-the-scenes photos that, that she's taken um, just so they get a different perspective of, of what it looked like. Crazy enough, people like to see behind-the-scenes stuff that makes them feel really special. They had a, video, a professional video production yeah, yeah. company come out. Take Look, them. there's me, there's me yeah. t- telling them what to do. Exactly, exactly. You get it. So, so um, our presentation is really more about the relationship throughout the entire thing and not just hey, here's your final file, your video file. We, we try to present an experience more so than a product. I, I say this to, to my team all the time. I, I tell them that I would rather us charge more money and, and deliver a lesser quality product, but, and, and people want to work with us regardless because the experience with us is so incredible. Obviously, I don't want you know, those first two things, charging people tons of money and delivering a lesser quality product. Of course, I don't want to do that, but I, I use that as an example to show how important the experience is um, because how many times have you bought a pair of Nikes and something's happened, but but every other time aside from that, you've had a great, you know, you've had a great running shoe, you know? You, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and so I think... It, Mac, uh, Apple, Macintosh, I think that's another great example. You know, I can, my phone sometimes freezes. My, so, my phone sometimes doesn't do what it's supposed to. But by golly, every single time I step into an Apple store, I feel like I'm being treated. <laughs> I feel like, you know, I'm going to be taken care of. And I'm willing to pay for a phone that freezes up. I'm, I'm willing to pay high dollar for it. And, and, and I think there's a lot to be said for that, man. I think that, it, you know, when it comes to presentation, I want to make sure I'm presenting them with an experience, um, uh, um, uh, uh, a relationship, and not just uh, a video. Because there's a lot of companies that can produce great video. We're trying to we're trying to sell them something different. We're trying to offer them something different. Like I said at the beginning, I mean, you two guys just have humor personality in abundance <laughs> and I, I i would love to work with you because i bet just mm-hmm. seeing you two at work would be an absolute pleasure and i know i saw you at creative south and the energy you guys had oh, you thanks. always had a smile on your face you were always talking to everyone that stopped and talked you weren't like i'm the video crew get out yeah. of here i'm precious i need to do my job you you just felt like you blended in and it was kind of just going on well i think part of that too is understanding why we're here like Ryan and I truly believe that we are here. We are put on this earth to serve others, and we're using we're going to use video for it. I'll use my marketing background and my sales experience. He can use his editing experience and his creative eye, whatever. But at the end of the day, it's not about getting business. It's about helping businesses and and serving others. And um, whether whether it's through video, whether it's through hosting a podcast, I mean. Most of your listener listeners might not have ever been on a podcast. I've been on a few, and I can tell you, I feel like 
you know, my experience with you right now, I feel like you're trying to serve me. You're trying to encourage me. You're trying to get me excited about being on a podcast. And I think that's, that's what we need to be doing. I think with Ryan and I, we've really tried to, to, to make people excited about whatever they're doing. If it's, Hey, if you're about to sit in, in down and for an interview in front of our camera, we want you excited about it. If you're, you know, if we're in line to get a beer or a corn dog, we want you excited about it. We want you to, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know, so we're trying to serve people with excitement and some, some love and uh, maybe, maybe, I, I don't know. I, I, I just think that that's, I think that's allowed us to grow in a way that we didn't see could be possible is by, yeah, by really I get that. putting a lot of emphasis on that. Most of our listeners, you know, won't be able to hire you because of locational reasons. But what I'd love our listeners to do is go on to alwaysabounding.net, look at your stuff, look at your work, look at your presentation. And when they go looking for a job, they go, right, before we start, go and look at this website. This is what yeah. I want. And I think that's what you guys are building is that experience yeah. of I, I want my listeners to look at your work and your presentation and use you as a benchmark of what they expect oh, wow. to get off someone else. That, that, that's, that's an honor that you would even say that and, and think of us as a, as a benchmark. I will say this, though. Uh, we filmed in India, Thailand, and Vietnam over the summer, so we're willing to come overseas we we can, we're if willing the budget's to right you'll travel hey, you better believe it we'll come anywhere um hey I, i've always wanted to come to australia so hey oh it's it's a long it's a long drive and you won't get you won't get home oh, for lunch oh goodness. but it's not that far from canada okay so good, 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 good so just quickly before we yeah. go um obviously you know, you guys have been going for three years. I'm not going to ask you the cheesy, where do you see yourself in yeah, five years? Yeah. Because I hate that question. But when you look back to three years ago, when you started where you are today, how how much more do you think you want to grow? Mm. Um, because who's the company? Oh, it was Jim Cudell, yeah. a company called Field yeah. Notes, Aaron yeah. Draplin's. Yeah, so Jim, the question was asked for Jim and Brian. Um, we don't want to increase staff. We just want to increase the business. Yeah. And then when we need an extra member of staff, we'll bring them in. We want to expand from the business, not from the people. Yeah. So you obviously, it's important to you, you hire the right kind of mm -hmm. people to, to work with you. Where do you see always abounding, expanding then over any period of time? Yeah. What do you think you're capable of? I, I think the, the, the next um, six months are going to be pretty trivial for us, um, especially if we want to... Um, not necessarily expand, but if we want to have a better uh, work home life balance, um, if we want our wives to love us, uh, I think we need to expand a little bit and bring on bring on some support there. An editor is where we're looking at right now. Um, uh, outside of personnel, which that's really the only personnel we truly need. Uh, outside of personnel, I I, I think that. Um, when it comes to expanding, I, I do want to expand our quality. Uh, I want to continue to get better. I don't know if um, our customer, I mean, I would love to grow, you know, two, three, four X uh, in 2020, but, but I don't, I'm not trying to put emphasis on that. I'm trying to put more emphasis on expanding the quality of content, um, uh, expand, um, each of our employees capabilities. I want every one of our employees to be able to do a little bit of everything. Everybody's got a specific role, but um, I think that if we've got the right people who are bought into our vision, um, then 
I can teach you the hard skills, Ron can teach you the hard skills, um, those technical skills. What we can't teach is somebody who wants to serve clients and serve others. Um, that's, that's something that you've, you're kind of born with. And so um, if, we can, if we can continue to expand our employees' capabilities, uh, because the employees we have, they've got the heart for it, Dave, you know, and they've got, they, they want to serve others. And so um, those are the areas I'd really like to expand, just employee capabilities and quality. I'm not looking to expand a customer base, expand the bottom line. I think that's, that organically happens when you try to do the right thing and you really try to focus on um, serving others. So where can people find you then? Yeah, that's it. Where, where should they come? And, where should they come and look and see what you're up to and get that behind the scenes goodness? Yeah, that behind the scenes buttery goodness. Um, so our website, obviously, uh, www.alwaysabounding.net. Um, you can you can find our stuff there. We're on Instagram. We're pretty active on Instagram. That's probably the biggest platform we 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 uh, um, are on, and our handle for that is always dot abounding um and you'll see us you'll see us there um but it's me ryan and michaela our project manager katie our photographer we have another designer um that that helps out quite a bit logan he's super talented um but we're we're looking for an editor so um we've we've started tryouts you know as he shoots he draws you know <laughs> you know we've started some basketball tryouts if you will so we're we're trying to get some people trying out to see see if they've got the chops um they definitely have the heart so we just got to make sure they got the skill set but that yeah oh, that's cool that, that's where we're at that's where we're at and the other place you can see us is april 2nd or april 1st i forget the dates the very beginning of april i think it's april 2nd to april 4th. yeah we'll be at creative south columbus georgia come hug our necks uh, and and we'll break some bread or at least share a beer with you it'll be fun so before you yeah. go then obviously you're doing creative south yeah. again are our events something you're looking for as well because i know you've got uh there's crop coming up in two weeks after creative south there's is is it is, is events something that you guys would look yeah uh, funny enough uh one of the one uh you know lenny terenzi um him yeah and, yeah though lenny well him and taylor cashden and lydia coots and um just a bunch of folks from raleigh they they've hired us to come do their aiga uh, conference that they're having uh, next year. Um, I've been get... what the one in Pittsburgh, uh, the one in Raleigh, North Carolina. Ah, yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, so we're, we're going to be doing that conference. Um, we're going to be producing and and uh, shooting that conference, and then we're also. I'd love to. I'd love to hit Matt Dawson up for for crop. I've actually mentioned it to him. Um, uh, I would love to do that. That would be a lot of fun. Um, so yeah, we're open to anything and everything when it comes to conferences, especially creative conferences, because we feel like we can get a little more weird with those folks like you, you know. Oh, it's that's yeah. your crowd, oh, yeah. yeah, that's our crowd, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I know you've got a meeting in about five minutes, yep. so I'm going to say thank you uh, so much, mate. It's been a pleasure. I could talk to you for so much longer, but um, we'll have to get you on again. And I, I said the second interview we always try and do in person. So if we get time at Creative yes. South. We'll sit and do a follow-up, and we'll talk about what's kind of been going on in that period of time, because it'll be about six months. That would be awesome, so, um, and, and maybe we can get Ryan in on it this time, too. He had a jet. He had another shoot to go to, but yeah, let's 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 re, let's uh, reconvene in Columbus, Georgia. Fantastic. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks for your time, yes, mate, and, uh, and we'll speak to you next that time. That sounds great.